How can I know God is real? What does the Bible say about politics? Why does a good God allow suffering? If you have questions about faith, life or culture, don't be afraid to ask. This This is Ask with David Dean. G'day everyone, Dave Dean here. And our question for the week is, what can we learn from coronavirus? Coronavirus is changing the world. It may not be an unprecedented pandemic in terms of the loss of human life, at least not to date. But for you and I alive at this time, we have never seen anything quite like it in terms of the speed and scale and transmissibility of a virus. You know, in times of war, the enemy is usually visible, confined to a certain location which trained soldiers go off to and fight. But coronavirus is an invisible enemy, waging war around the entire globe and every single one of us, whether we like it or not, find ourselves as a soldier in the fight. And with the pain and the loss and the disruption to our lives that coronavirus has wrought, there are lots of very sincere existential questions being asked, like, what is the meaning and purpose of my life? What if I get sick? What if I die? What are my priorities? Who really matter to me the most? And and who do I want to be with during this time? And where is God in all of this? You see, this pandemic, amongst other things, it is turning the world that we have known upside down. It's forcing us to confront questions that we would normally want to avoid with all of the busyness that we have in our lives. I want to suggest that the primary lesson we could take away from this pandemic is that coronavirus reminds us we are not in control. There's a famous 19th century poem by William Ernest Henley called Invictus. Invictus just means undefeated or unconquerable in Latin. And in this poem, Henley writes these words. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll, for I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. If coronavirus has taught us anything, I think it is the delusion of dear old Henley. Whatever else our reaction may be to this pandemic, It has proven to be a universal mirror in the face of our mortality, reflecting our humanness, our vulnerability, our fragility. In the words of the psalmist, the life of mortals is like grass. They flourish as a flower in the field. The wind, or coronavirus, blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. Psalm 103, 15 to 16. You see, death does not discriminate. And by the way, that's why it has been so ironic around the globe as we've seen social and racial unrest, because regardless of our race and colour, we are all ultimately equal in our common humanity, in our common mortality. And yet on the other hand, at this time, our world is gripped by these demonstrations and this social unrest and this writing, which show the extent to which we have forgotten this commonality that we all have. The lines of separation that we draw between each other as human beings they're artificial. They're like the lines we draw between countries on a map. They can always be erased. And if nothing else, coronavirus is teaching us that because this is one virus that travels without a passport. Now, I don't know about you, but I have found it really interesting to see how people have reacted around the world to this lesson of coronavirus, that we aren't ultimately in control of our lives. 
that we aren't the captains of our souls. The spectrum of responses has ranged from indifference through to irrational fear and anxiety, from people who don't take the virus seriously and, as a result, have put others at risk as well as themselves through their complacency, to those who scramble over each other in shopping centres in a bid to grab the last roll of toilet paper to add to their prepper supply for the impending apocalypse that this pandemic has brought on. I think both of these extremes have shown us the extent to which people have failed to realise this lesson of coronavirus. Because indifference is just trying to get on and ignore it, whereas fear and panic is trying to grip the pandemic with two arms in self-sufficiency. In both extremes, what is missing is hope. Because hope presupposes a recognition and an acceptance of the fact that we aren't ultimately in control. And yet despite that, we can press on in confidence and expectation that through it all, there is purpose in the pain and there is triumph in the trial. Psalm 90.12 reads, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Or as Ecclesiastes 7, 2-4 says more pointedly, it's better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. After all, everyone dies, so the living should take this to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. For sadness has a refining influence on us. A wise person thinks a lot about death, while a fool only thinks about having a good time. The Christian alternative to the indifference and anxiety of death is attunement here below to that which is lasting and permanent. It is the affirmation of God and the kneeling of our heart, our head, and our hands to his being in Christ Jesus. Because while there are questions that we ask, there are more profoundly questions that we are. And the answer to this question, the question of life and death that we are learning from coronavirus, is the answer to who we are, to our very humanness, to our very mortality. The Bible's answer is that ultimately, coronavirus is just the mutation of another spiritual virus, sin. I'm not saying that coronavirus is a specific judgment of God upon humanity at this time for some particular reason. I think it's foolish to make such pronouncements. But the Christian story is rather clear that this world is broken, that this environment we live in does not function the way it should, all because of what happened there in Genesis chapter 3 with human sin. Coronavirus is like a stock take on human life forcing us to confront the greatest irony of ironies, namely that no one gets out alive. But where the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life. And you see, this is the beauty of it all. Where coronavirus reminds us of the reality of death in life, Jesus Christ tells us of the hope that is new life in his death. The Bible tells of a God who descended from heaven so that human beings might ascend from the grave, The God of the universe, he did not social distance. He came to earth. He came near to the sick, to the poor, to the marginalized. He was willingly involved in our lives and he contracted the virus of sin himself so that he might in his being be the antidote to sin and death. Surely he took upon our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Isaiah 53, 3-5. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. 
The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Friends, in this wild time of human history, you can hold on to this hope because in this hope, you are saved. In this hope, you are secure. In this hope, death has no victory. We may not know what tomorrow will bring, but we can rest today in this hope that is Jesus Christ. Because in as much as coronavirus teaches us that we aren't in control, Jesus Christ tells us that he is. Do you have a question about Christian beliefs, theology, doctrine, philosophy, or culture? Don't be afraid to ask. Go to drcdean.com forward slash ask. That's Dean with an E.